You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is July 13th, 2021. On today's show, I'm joined by Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. We discuss Stephen A. Smith's comments about Shohei Otani. We also touch on the Home Run Derby and then break down the Washington Nationals draft they've had so far. This is part one of a two-part conversation with Matt. Hope you guys enjoy. Ability, you should be able to. We're going. All right, cool. All right, we'll go in three, two, and one. All right, it is the All-Star break, and we've got a lot to talk about. And so with all of these fun things to talk about, whether it be the draft, whether it be the Home Run Derby, whether it be Stephen A. Smith sticking his nose into our sport, uh, we've got Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington to talk about all of it with us. Matt, this, is, this can be the slow time. It's really funny. The way the sports calendar has now worked out is that this time, actually, it used to be just like right the SPs. And then the All-Star break and the Home Run Derby were the only three things happening in this week. Well, because the NBA Finals getting bumped back, we've had that. We've had uh, the Home Run Derby this year has been as big as it's ever been. There's been a lot of international soccer. You know, folks like me are into it. Just had a massive UFC pay-per-view on the weekend. So things are rocking and rolling right now. It it also, I think think it's kind of almost a, a rising tide scenario. Like It doesn't feel like any of this other stuff is taking away from baseball. I feel like it's all a manageable kind of sports uh, buffet right now. Do you? Yeah, no, it's, it's times like this that just now make me cherish sports in general, because Mm. for three months when COVID hit, you know, we had nothing, Uh, you know, just from a a writer standpoint, somebody who spends their day scouring the internet for, for stuff to write about, there was nothing. I mean, it was like, Sean Doolittle deadlifting his dog was like the best content we could find at the time. It was crazy. So, you know, now with every, all this stuff going on, you know, it's maybe even more, you know, sports than we're even used to having, but uh, you know, you didn't even mention the the PGA stuff. We had the match last week too. I mean, it's, it's Wimbledon. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Wimbledon just happened, right? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. How much stuff's going on right now. I love it, dude. I just sit here watching sports center all day. It's, it's the best thing ever. So uh, I'm, I'm cherishing every second of it. Well, we're going to start off with something that if you're watching sports center, maybe you caught this because it comes on after Um, Stephen A. Smith had made, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but Stephen A. Smith essentially said that, Shohei Otani uh, can't really be the face of baseball because he uses a translator. Now, what's really interesting about this, Matt, is that what he is saying is something that I've talked about on this show, but the way he, the way he constructed it was horrible. Now, there are, and, and here's what I mean. Uh, Juan Soto, and you know this, you cover the team, has been working on his English. Is this true? This is true, right? This yeah. is something that we've been talking about. Right, because he is, re- is very aware of the fact that it helps your marketability. It helps your communication. It just It's something that really does elevate everything else. But it's not singular. We talked about Juan Soto as this complete, uh, you know, incredible effing star during the time that he was, you know, making that major rise. And I, I promise you his English was not very good back then, you know, uh, compared to where it is right now. And Shohei Otani is using a translator, but everybody, all of everybody talked about this week with Shohei Otani. The proof is in the pudding that the face of baseball is Shohei Otani. Sure, that part of it's going to help. Yes, it always does. 
Fernando Tatis Jr. Has an, has an advantage because he is an English speaker. Why do you think he is in more commercials, right? He can effectively sell a product because he is somebody that luckily enough, you know, because of his upbringing, was able to learn English as well. In addition to, I believe he speaks Spanish fluently. Um, you know, he was able to do that, right? So this, this is a point that it's wrong. And also it just, it, to me, it was like completely, um, it was, it was somebody who was ignorant of baseball and didn't really know baseball that well. And, and also just kind of made a take that showed that they didn't really know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, first take just shouldn't touch on baseball. I mean, I honestly, the last segment I remember first take covering was the Astros scandal. You know, it, it's just something that, you know, neither, you know, Stephen A. nor Max Kellerman really know a whole lot about. If they are going to talk baseball, they need to bring somebody on who can actually, you know, give some informed opinions. And, and they did that with Jeff Passon today and a, a few other people to try and make up for the mistake that, that Stephen A. made. But, you know, it, it's an ignorant comment. It, it, baseball and, and sports in general, you know, you're you're made famous for the things you do. More right. so than the things you say. And yes, can you know, Shohei Otani might not be able to do as many commercials, you know, as a guy like Fernando Tatis might be able to do. But so what? You know, you could make an entire commercial around his versatility and, you know, have some electric shaving company show you the 50 different tools that it has on its, you know, <laughs> whatever device. I mean, it's that doesn't matter. You know, right. it, it really in, in baseball of all sports is one of the most international sports in the world. You know, especially for ones that are played in the United States uh, with, with such importance, you know, as it has, there is such a Latin American presence. There's such an Asian American presence. There, there's guys from Canada, there's guys from Europe. I mean, it, it really does have, you know, people from all over the world are capable of being stars uh, and we should celebrate that. I mean, it, it's really a no brainer. And, and for a guy like Stephen A, who, you know, really, you know, pushes a lot of narratives having to do with race in general. It just was really surprising to hear that from him. So, you know, he came out with an apology and is, you know, trying to make amends for it. But, uh, you know, cat's out of the bag on that one. Exactly. I think. It's, it's my issue is this. And you and you work for a media company. I work for media companies, plural. You know, we all we all do. The issue I have is this, is that ESPN gutted a lot of their coverage of certain sports. Hockey, I think, got hit the hardest. Back in those cuts, I think it was what, five, four or five years ago, whatever it was, when Stephen A got that big deal we everybody talks about. And you're seeing it now with, with and I'm not talking about the Maria Taylor, you know, as a, as a situation, but the, the dollar figures being thrown around for, you know, a, a person like Maria Taylor. You know, when you hire these people and you ask them to be authorities on everything, I mean, I saw Stephen A at, at the UFC fight, and I'm a mixed martial arts fan. And, you know, he's made some comments in the past that have been really off putting to a fan base of people that are rabid and diehard, much like baseball fans are. And so when you ask somebody to be an authority on everything, it's not possible. You cannot be a top line. This is why I tell folks in this podcast all the time, look, I'm not out here throwing out analytics all the time because I am not, I'm not somebody that understands them fully enough to, to use them in a way that's going to be helpful to this show or, or you know, anybody who's listening, understand the game better. So stay in your lane, know what you do well. And that's what's frustrating to me is that they ask people to be authorities on things that they are not. And look, that's that's a bad topic. It should have been brought up. I know it's a slow time, but for them to go and touch on that. And, and but it's him not even a slow way, time. It's just not I, yeah, football well, We just talked about it. Well, yeah, it's just not football. Oh, it's still basketball season, right? I know. I mean, come on. It, the USA is losing basketball games to you know Nigeria and, and, uh, and Australia. So that's the part for me that bothers me is that seeing 
you know, how much money they pay him. And it's like, you're paid $12 billion. I guess you got to have your UFC pay-per-view. You got to have you talking about baseball. Like, no, you don't. No, nobody's asking for that. I mean, yeah. It, like they did it to themselves, scaling down from all the baseball coverage, all the hockey coverage. And it's just be kind of become a network that focuses on football and basketball. And if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. You know, people can choose to watch it or they can't. You know, that's up to them. Obviously, money talks and, and their ratings are, are certainly doing well. So they have a formula that works. But like you said, you know, stay in your lane. If, if that's what you're going to do to find success, then, you know, do that and, and let people who actually know what they're talking about and are reasoning and studied in this area, you know, let them talk about it and, and leave it to them. They have shows, you know, like uh, Around the Horn and, and um, uh, Mike Wilbon's PTI. show, PTI, you know, those two, yeah. those two shows talk about baseball and hockey and they do it well. And they, they also yes. talk about other sports really well, too. I commend them for that. And if those are the shows that you're going to have that talk about those sports. Great. Because I will watch those. I will, you know, consume those happily. And, and, you know, if I want to argue about a take there, I at least know that the guys talking about it are, you know, actually know what they're talking about. Today's locked on nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers, all available at your fingertips, whether you're a pro or a do it yourself or go to RockAuto.com today. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, and maybe even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or a car dealership? Example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at a chain store, $216 at rockauto.com. Once again, go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's something that's been really it's it sucks that we have to talk about this during this time. Let's discuss the actual derby itself. What a fantastic night for our sport. Last night it was more anticipated than the All-Star game. Let's be honest about that. I mean, 110% more anticipated. Um, I don't blame guys at all for sitting out the All-Star game. I don't I, that's that's not really you know the point here. Um, but you know, what a, what a freaking night. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was exciting. That bracket format is really conducive. It sucks to see a guy like, you know, uh, Salvador Perez hit 28 in the first round was not able to advance because he got stuck with Alonzo, but, um, you know, captivating drama, captivating theater, Bob, do you see Bob Nightingale's tweet about fans leaving when Otani yeah. was out? I mean, that was a lot of people were like, no, 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 it's not, that was weird and bizarre, but you know, even, I mean, Soto and Otani, that was, that was dramatic. Like that was really dramatic. I will just start there. It was the last one of the first round and everybody had been waiting to see Otani. And he like, he went on a tear. Don't get me wrong, but he was, I mean, he was hitting frozen ropes in the beginning, just line driving balls to the right side, base hit, base hit, base hit. And then he got red hot. But, um, you know, seeing Soto come up big with those three swings, three for three, I was, I was watching with my dad and I was, I was kind of like, yeah, he's about to, he's, he's going to go all three of these. He's just, he's so clutch. He's so unbelievably clutch, but it was, it was awesome to watch. It was just great. Soto lives to those moments, man. And he it does, sucks, man. sucks that he had to face with Tani in that first round. I really would have loved to see them going at it, you know, in the semis or, or the final. Although I don't think anybody could have gotten past Pete Alonzo no. at the rate he was hitting home runs yesterday. It was his no. derby to lose. And, um, you know, we realized that pretty quickly. So, 
yeah, it, it's an awesome event. And I think ever since they changed this format, it, it's just been so much better. You know, there used to be, you know, three, four, five years ago, kind of some criticisms on the Derby. You know, obviously the the talk that it hurts your swing is, is never going to go away. But, you know, there was less interest in it. The fan, you know, ratings weren't as high. Fans didn't talk about it as much. You know, it was, oh, we missed the good old days. Josh Hamilton's, you know, crazy right. derbies, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so it really needed a jump start, And I think this format is really feeding into you know, today's sports media climate of, you know, really living for those dramatic moments and, you know, having uh, a, a, an overtime period where Soto and Otani have to go at it and they tie again, you have a swing off, uh, you know, Pete Alonso won the Derby on a walk-off homer, you know, being able to simulate that moment is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, you know, Harper did the same thing uh, back in 2018 at Nationals Park, which was just absolutely electric. So, you know, I, I love the Derby. It's one of my favorite things. I think it's the best skills competition in all of sports. Uh, there, there really isn't anything that holds up to it, in my opinion. So overall, it was just an awesome night. And, you know, I'm definitely going to be uh, putting my money on Alonzo next year if he's back in it, because there, I don't think there's anybody who can. Uh, he's got the swing tailor made exactly. for it, right? And the, yeah. the problem for him is catching up to the, the actual fastballs uh, that he's getting thrown right now. But and no, we, I mean, go ahead. When you talk about Soto, you know, running out of gas. Alonzo hit 35 homers in the first round. You know, that's a record. And he looked just fine. He was cruising. He called a timeout, not Fresh because he was tired, just to hype up the crowd. I mean, that, right. that in and of itself, you know, it was crazy. It was it was awesome. Uh, he's very much becoming a New York baseball like star, which I, 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 I for me, I think that's great. Uh, I think it's, it makes makes things more fun and exciting when there's star players in big cities like that. Um, and, you know, the cool thing about it was, I thought there were guys representing all kind of sides of the baseball spectrum, right? We had guys like Trevor Story, who was the hometown guy. We had Soto, who's the young bomber, you know, well, not really this year, but you know what I mean? You know, young star from the East Coast. You had Pete Alonso, your reigning champion. You had Otani, this, you know, uh, you know, just this home run smashing two-way star who's going to do the home run derby, pitch tomorrow, pitch tonight, actually, lead off tonight as well. You had that, you had, you know, guys like Matt Olson and you had guys like Joey Gallo who represents some of those smaller teams people aren't paying attention to. And Trey Mancini, the great story, you know, the dunk contest, it's like Jeremy Evans is here and we've got, you know, uh, I guess uh, Anthony Simons is here. And Zach like, Levine, no, before he gets yeah, Zach, Zach, right? <laughs> Aaron and Gordon. Aaron Gordon, yeah. right. And like those guys are good players. I don't want to disrespect them, but they're nowhere near the caliber of LeBron, LeBron's of the world, right? And, and right now, um, Shohei Otani is Giannis. Uh, Shohei Otani is Kevin Durant. He is one of those guys right now who's top their game, top level star. And so I, I think you're right. I mean, what other skills competition slash all star setting does invokes? I mean, there you look. We used to have stars in the dunk contest, right? It's not like Dominique and Jordan never went at it. Uh, you know, not even Vince Carter never gave it to us, but not in a way that was like this, right? Not in a way that was that was so. Uh, it's so evident in a format. It's always going to bring. It's always going to bring some some drama. And look, Pete won it easily last night in that final round, but still there's some drama there, right? Because of just the format. Yeah. I mean, him going second just meant that if he was going to win, it was going to be a walk-off, you know, you just stop it right there. So, you know, in the old format, you, you've just got those 10 outs and you're going to go all the way through no matter what. So, you know, for me, it's, it's no competition. Like you said, the, the caliber of stars you get is awesome. You know, you're, you're out there and you're, you know, witnessing these 500 foot home runs. I mean, it's just guys at the top of their game, you know, putting on a show for you. And it's awesome. You know, the, the slam dunk contest, I think is the closest you can get to that. 
Uh, but like you said, you're just really, especially nowadays, you're just not getting those, those same players in there. Uh, you know, and it's obviously a cool opportunity for those young guys or whoever, you know, may, might not be as big of a name being able to get their name out there and, and do something like win the slam dunk contest. But, you know, it, it's still like, you know, even the the least heralded guy, you know, in in the whole derby was probably Matt Olson. Uh, and, you know, he's probably the, the top choice for the third place in AL MVP voting right now. I right. mean, you know, he he's tearing it up and he, he just might not be a household name. But, you know, you look at the numbers, he's absolutely killing it. So uh, they, they got a great field. I mean, you know, we didn't get to see Joey Gallo go. Uh, deep into yeah, that I, mean, I, I think that Schwarber, Schwarber probably would have been, you know, if, if Juan didn't go, Schwarber would have been. Schwarber, Schwarber said he didn't him. want to because he has oh, already yeah, done it before. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But I would have, I think, you know, he was the semifinalist. He, he made it all the way. Or he was a finalist. He made it all the way to the championship. Who did he lose to? Was it Jock Peterson that year? Um, uh, was it 2017? 17. I oh. forgot who won it that year. Yeah. But, but, you know, this, but this year, this year is just like everybody was all in. And that, that was no, he lost to Bryce. It was 2018. That's that's right. Because he talked about being in the final at Nats Park. Yeah. I remember him talking about that. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was special. Um, also, I think it's kind of along those lines. I know some sports were finishing up on Sunday. It was especially right off the heels of Italy's uh, championship, uh, Euro championship against England, which did you watch that? I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, everybody was watching that. It felt like I didn't watch it. I admit. Oh, it. Matt, no. I can tell you that in the last like five years, I've maybe watched one soccer game like from start mm, to finish. So I'm, that's just not my sport, but um, I'm following it on Twitter and I, I know this. Yeah. Exci- so exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. Shame on the people who are being really rude on Twitter to those players. It's awful. But the draft, which I really enjoyed. Now, here's my thing if I get the option between MLB network coverage and, and ESPN coverage, I'm going with the MLB 11 times out of 10. Uh, it's just how it works. Thought they did a great job. Love the fact they had Tim Corbin on there from Vanderbilt on the desk doing the coverage with them. Uh, the Nationals at number 11 in the draft get Brady House. And I talked a little bit about this, but you, you know, you've been very much in tune to the draft stuff that's happening right now. This guy is, is going to be on, on the warpath to try to be the what is it, the biggest starting shortstop out there? I mean, 6'4, 215. He's a big kid with a good swing. Uh, tell the folks about Brady Housen because, look, I'll be honest, I don't know a whole lot about the kid. Uh, and it's one of those high schoolers, and it feels hard to know about some of these guys sometimes. Yeah, so definitely a surprising pick from the Nationals. This is only the fourth time since they moved to D.C. in 2005. They did not take a pitcher in the first round. Now, they have had some drafts where they've taken position players but had multiple first-round picks uh, and were able to take a pitcher later on. So uh, this was the highest pick that they've had since Anthony Rendon in 2011. So it had been 10 years. Uh, since they had drafted this high in the draft. And they go position player, which is obviously an area they need at the major league level. But when you're drafting a high school kid, I got to caution, you really don't want to you know, start talking about when is he going to take Trey Turner's job. This is going to be a multi-year, you know, at least three, four or five year process of getting him to the major leagues. Turner obviously only has two years left on his deal. So uh, the Nationals go highest player available on their draft board. Uh, that is their, you know, Every year, that is exactly what uh, their strategy is. It usually ends up being a pitcher because they tend to rate pitchers more highly. Uh, but Chris Klein, their scouting director, did talk about how uh, he didn't feel like there was a Cade Cavalli uh, that they felt was in their range uh, in this draft. So uh, they end up going with Brady House out of a high school down in Georgia. He was coming into this year the hot, the highest rated high school player in the country. Uh, mm. which, uh, he had a little bit of a rough season. Uh, in high school, but then went around on the circuits 
uh, in front of scouts and actually performed really well there uh, to solidify his first round standing. It Most mock drafts did not have House falling that far to the Nationals. Right. So the fact that he was still there at 11, it makes a lot of sense. The Nats did snag him uh, considering the ceiling of talent that he has. I mean, he could be uh, could end up having the best bat in the draft. I mean, and the thing that stands out most about him is his power. Uh, the Nationals mm-hmm. said that, you know, his, or not the Nationals, but Baseball America's hit tool for him is a 70 on the 2080 scale, which puts you at an expect, expectation of about 30 to 40 home runs a year, uh, which is obviously a lot for a shortstop. Um, but the Nationals aren't really sure if he'll stick at the position. Like you said, he's, he's 6'4", about 210, 215. The, the tallest uh, shortstop in the major leagues right now, it's a tie between Carlos Correa and Corey Seager. Both of them are 6'4", and weigh about what uh, we have House weighing in at now. But remember, House is 18. He's going to fill out. So he's probably not yeah, he going get bigger. to do this weight <laughs> get bigger. by the time he reaches the major leagues, especially if he reaches his power potential. He's going to need to add muscle. Uh, you know, to a bit of a slimmer frame for, you know, somebody compared to a major leaguer. So uh, I expect that he'll probably get moved to third base, but he says it's his personal mission uh, to stay at third. Or, right. Sorry, stay at shortstop uh, long term. The Nationals do have some some real tools, toolsy shortstops in their system that he'll have to uh, compete with, most notably Armando Cruz, uh, who was their top international signee from this past year. Uh, he was the highest rated defender in the entire uh, international class. Uh, and could be a gold glove shortstop. So that's kind of the bar that now is going to be set. They're about the same age. I think Cruz is one year older. Uh, so they might be coming up and could be that future left side of the Nationals infield, you know, three, four years down the line. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Whether it's the NBA, NHL, MLB, UFC, MMA, boxing, or horse racing, F1, whatever it is you want to bet on, you can find it at betonline.ag. I went 5-0, and oh, my friends, last night in my picks head-to-head in the uh, Home Run Derby. I picked five separate matchups, went 5-0, and oh, crushed it last night. There you guys can find odds for fun events like that at betonline.ag. So go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. And you'll get a 50% deposit bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. It's betonline. They're your online sportsbook experts. Right. I, I, I you know, it's funny because people were like, I, I'm sure you got a couple of these messages and texts too that were like, the Nationals have drafted Trey Turner's replacement. And it's yeah. like, yo, this is so far down the line. Like, I, I don't think people understand. You know, and I, I always ask people to think about it this way, especially in basketball. Like, Trey Young's 22. In four years, Trey Young's going to be 26 years old. That is like two years from your supposed physical prime, which is like 28 to 32 normally. Mm-hmm. In five years, this kid's going to be what, 23 years old? Yeah. So like this is, you know, and Tatis is 22 in the major league. So this is a process. Like Trey Turner might not be a national by the time that this kid goes to the league. Now, that being said, third base is such a position of need for the nationals. And there's been such a shuffling. It looks like they're about ready to give up on Carter Cuba. I'm not going to say that it's fully like the train's starting to move, right? The train's starting to leave the station just a little bit on that front. This feels like it's that's that's kind of where he's going to end up. I know the kid desperately wants to play short. Like you talked about, there's Armando Cruz. Obviously, we still have to factor in trade. Look, Trey Turner signs an extension. I mean, it's you know that's that's kind of the end of the conversation, right? Uh, you know, six year, seven year extension. Sorry, Brady, if you ever make majors, you're not going to play short. I'm playing shortstop. Unless Trey gets moved. Unless Trey Trey gets moved or an injury happens, et cetera. 
because Trey doesn't have the strongest arm. So I actually right. would say that he well, might, he could end up being a second baseman second down baseman, the line. Yeah. Um, but that that's just me, and obviously, you know, right. a lot of things that happened before. Yeah, that. but I think with his size and his and his noted arm strength, right? Third base makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. So I, I'm not sure what you thought, but when they drafted him, my mind kind of okay, I know what the kid was saying. My mind kind of went that direction. Now, obviously, the, and people people would you know follow baseball to this, but like when you're looking at MLB draft picks. It's not like other sports. Like we're not talking about Jordan Love here playing for the Packers. It's just so much different than, than we see in, in other sports. And that's why the hype isn't the same around the MLB draft as it is right. the NBA and NFL. And I know MLB has really tried to push the marketing around the draft and try to make it more of an event. And, you know, to its credit, I think it's, you know, having some of the draft picks there to go shake Manfred's head and everything is really cool. Um, and, you know, I've, I'm obviously a baseball nerd and, and I'll watch the draft no matter what. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that, you know, this is a this is a long term move for the Nationals. And obviously they're a team that is in win now mode and uh, has maybe not considering a rebuild right now, but is definitely reaching a point where it needs to kind of figure out how it can remain contenders. And the Nationals have been you know, contending since 2012. I mean, it's that's nine, right. 10 years now, 10 seasons. Uh, that they have been actively trying to win a World Series. And obviously they didn't make the playoffs every year over that span, but you could say they've been a really successful team at it. And there's a lot of kudos to that. Uh, but at a certain point, your, your farm system's going to dry out unless you're the Dodgers, in which case you just have, you know, baseball magic that somehow keeps producing these everyday stars, uh, you know, from your farm system. But, you know, the Nats aren't the Dodgers and as good as they are, they're, they're really, you know, lacking in a lot of areas in their farm system. Uh, they obviously have Cade Cavalli coming up now as kind of the next gem. Uh, and then I mean, he, seems I was Team Rutledge, but I was team, Rut- team Rutledge, but this kid, he is absolutely electric. He's, yeah. he's just got dynamite stuff. And every single, I mean, I know it just clips on Twitter, but like his numbers are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is making he awesome push. In the game. 